The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Lord, be on my mind, be on my lips, and in my heart. Jesus said to his apostles, Whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever does not take up their cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds his life will lose it. And whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Whoever receives you receives me, and whoever receives me receives the one who sent me. Whoever receives a prophet because they are a prophet will receive a prophet's reward. And whoever receives a righteous person because they are a righteous person will receive a righteous person's reward. And whoever gives only a cup of cold water to one of these little ones to drink because the little one is a disciple. Amen, I say to you, they will surely not lose their reward. The Gospel of the Lord. Today's Gospel is a paradox. You know what a paradox is? I'm not sure I do either. <laughs> but I'm going to go with a seeming contradiction that if you probe it further is true. Jesus says that in order to live, you must die. You must pick up your cross and follow Jesus. Cross is to embrace death. And whoever finds his life will lose it, and whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. The spiritual principle is called death to self. And spiritual teachers in many religions, and even I would say betcha psychologists, talk about the principle. But Jesus and St. Paul especially in that second reading, is telling us to have the fullness of life. We must die with Christ in baptism in order to live with Christ in his resurrection. And that death and resurrection happens at the beginning of our life, right? Most of us think we die at the end of our life. A Christian dies at the beginning of their Christian life. And what that means is not that we're persons who are unfilled with life, but because we've died to self and live totally for God, we are filled with more life, greater life than we could ever have on our own. It's a seeming contradiction, and it's an unnatural thing to do to die to self. But God is asking us, if we are a follower of Jesus, to put God first and follow him in all things 
and to love him above all things, including things that we naturally love quite a bit. Father and mother, or parents, your children. Does that mean we love our children less? No, it actually means we do it properly, we love our children more. But also recognize that God loves our children, and they're God's children. And they are not our children. And so we allow God to raise them and we help God. It takes a lot of that burden off and helps us to do a better job. The principle goes with everything. Our jobs, not really our own. If we're called by God to do them, it's God's work and we assist God. Our lives are not our lives, they're God's lives, and we live for God. And doing so frees us to live more fully. There's many ways to describe this principle of dying to self in order to live, but I am a very silly person, and my silly example is more like this. Imagine in life there's something you really want, and I think of sports. And so imagine the big golf tournament, Evo. <laughs> and you want that trophy so bad, and it's a matter of life and death because your whole career depends on this, your whole self-esteem and image of yourself. That's going to be a great burden, and you're under a lot of pressure. But if you recognize, you know, the most important thing is God, to live in God's love and to serve God, and I'm doing this because God's called me to do it, it takes off a lot of that pressure, and we're free to be ourselves in everything. That principle of dying to self so that we live more fully in God is the teaching Jesus has. Another way to put it, this life owes us nothing. And our greatest difficulties and disappointments are because we expect we're supposed to have this and we're supposed to have that and I should have this and etc. God's saying, let go of all that. Everything you have is a gift that comes from me and I love you more than you can love yourselves and I know what's best, better than you can even know. Let go. Trust in me. Dying to self. So we live completely. And it's a constant process. We do it in baptism. We do it in certain parts of our lives, but it's a constant battle. And we realize that we haven't fully died. I can just remember in my life when I joined the Franciscans, one of the things we do is die to self. We give up everything and family, money, and join the order. We put on the cross. That's what the habit really is. And I remember doing that. It was a huge leap of faith. But at first, it was a great joy. And I was totally free to live in the Lord. But then over time, little things creep back in. You know, you want this luxury or that luxury or your day off to go golfing. And or, forgive me, I'm still stuck on sports. And little things creep back in. And so dying to self is a constant process. We get married, we surrender totally, but then those little irritations come up and we have to continue to say yes to that marriage 
and die to self. And so it's a tremendously challenging message that Jesus is giving us. It's a paradox, it's a mystery, but it's the secret of fullness of life that God wants for us. Can I share one of my favorite stories of someone who died to themselves? It was a young lady named Mimi in my first parish. And we went, I might have, I've told this story before, so forgive me if you've heard it. But on, uh, I worked with the youth group when I was a younger priest, and we went on World Youth Day in Toronto. And this young lady always wanted to get married, have a family. And at World Youth Day, she saw so much faith and spiritual practices and prayed so much and saw so many religious that she decided and said to God, you know, I've always wanted to get married, but I no longer want what I want. If you want me to be a religious sister, I will. I want to do your will. Within weeks after she got back, a guy asked her out, and uh, they started dating. She said, you know, if you want to get serious with me, you got to go to church because that's what I do. God's the most important thing in my life. And so he goes to his boss and says, I need the day off to go to church. And he goes, huh, you got to work. And so he told his boss goodbye, quit his job. They got married. He went through RCIA. They're raising children and have a lovely marriage. He actually got a better job a couple weeks later that paid more. Putting God first in all things is the way to fullness of life. And it seems like a contradiction, dying to self to live fully in God. This passage also talks about something different. It's about supporting those who are dying to self and serving God. In other words, supporting the church. You know, of all the institutions, the church is the most important. It's not perfect. Don't get me wrong. But God wants the church to be strong and vibrant and proclaiming the gospel throughout the world. And so he says that if you help a prophet, you get a prophet's reward. If you give a cup of water to one of these disciples, because they're a disciple, you will have your reward. And so all of us are called to work together to build up the church and make her vibrant and one of the ways we do it is by donating another better word and it really what it's called to do in scripture is tithing in the first reading i think that's what's going on this young this woman is giving this holy man this prophet support to do the ministry they didn't have money in those days but giving him hospitality and what does she get back from her sacrifice or her gift of support? Something she couldn't even buy on her own, a child. And so the principle of giving to God first and trusting that God will provide for our needs has been testified over and over that God provides. Tithing is giving your first fruits to God. And whatever percentage you do it at, you take your first part of your income and give it to God, his church, and then say, God, I'm going to trust that you're going to help me live on the rest. Right? That's a huge difference than the way most people give, including myself for many years. We normally give or take care of ourselves first and then give to God after that. 
tithing changes that. It's an act of faith, and that's why the collection is actually part of the offertory where we bring our gifts forward and give it to God. Some of my favorite stories about tithing, there was a young man named Angel in my first church who shared how he's in a difficult time of his career. And he, the only job, he wasn't making any money, and he promised the God that if he uh, got a job, he would tithe. He got a job at $100 a week. Tithing $10 seemed insignificant, but over time, his job and his career path took off. He was making three figures and continued to tithe, and testifies that it has been a tremendous blessing in his life. But my favorite story of tithing, and I've told this before too, is Danny Thomas. Uh, he's dead now, and his daughter, or one of his daughters, is Marlo Thomas, an actress. But Danny Thomas was a comedian and an actor. And in early in his life, he was very poor and struggling and living in Detroit at the time. He came into church, Saints Peter and Paul Church, and he told God, you know, I'm in dire straits. I have a $75 bill tomorrow, and I have no money. All I have is $7. I'm giving it all to you, and I'm trusting that you will help me. The next day, he got a job offer with a $75 uh, signing bonus. And his career continued. And so he testifies that he continued to give and ask for God to guide his career. And at one point, another desperate time, he prayed to St. Jude. Now, someone in the last mass and asked me, are we supposed to pray to saints? We pray Jesus is God, the only God. But like we pray to others, we ask others to pray for us. And so he asked St. Jude for help in his career and promised that if he got that help, he would build St. Jude a shrine. Well, St. Jude's Children's Hospital is that shrine. He built it in the south where he heard that a young black boy got ran over by a car and went to three different hospitals and he was refused treatment because of his race and bled to death. He wanted no child to have to die before his time. And so in the South, he established this hospital for children. And to this day, no one is ever charged. They can't afford it. Their housing, their travel is provided. I think it's expanded to eight hospitals, including setting up satellites in the Ukraine or Poland so that UK refugees from the Ukraine war and children can receive treatment. It's now a $2 million a day operation. It's all paid for through charity. This is his shrine and a testimony that when we put God first in all things, God does great things through us. It's a paradox, but God is challenging us today to die to self, to live in God, and to support the work of his church. To live that way, to put God first in all things, is to have the fullness of life now and for all eternity.